Life Audio. Do you sometimes doubt if you're truly hearing God's voice or if it's really your own? Or have you been in a season where it feels like He's completely silent? Have you been praying for a way to learn how to hear His voice more clearly? Hey friends, I'm Rachel, host of the Hearing Jesus Podcast. If you are ready to grow in your faith and to confidently step into your identity in Christ, then join me as we dig deep into God's Word so you can learn to live out your faith in your everyday life. Hi friends, welcome back to the Hearing Jesus Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Grohl. We have a great episode today, so let's get into it. We are now moving into Matthew chapter 9, which is the beginning of the session where Jesus is healing the paralytic. And if you're just joining us, I would encourage you to go back to start the beginning of this series where we're walking through the Gospels. I talk a little bit about the introduction of what the Gospel is, the genre of a Gospel, and now we're walking through the book of Matthew. So we're starting at verse 1 of chapter 9, and today I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their hearts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take up your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. So while this is only, what is it, eight short verses, there's a lot packed in here that I want to make sure that we don't miss. So it says in verse one, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over and came to his own town. So if you remember yesterday, one of the things we talked about was the verbiage cross over. And so that phrase marks a transition between the Jewish regions and the Gentile regions. So on one side, which where he was when we were talking about this yesterday, he was on the Gentile side. That's the location where he sent all of the demons into the pigs. And now he's crossing back over into the Jewish side of the other side of the Sea of Galilee over to Capernaum. So he's going back over to the Jewish region. Matthew calls this his own town. And that's basically a way to say that this is just the ministry camp that Jesus was working from when he's doing ministry in the region of Galilee. It was kind of his home base. But remember that Jesus did not actually have a home. We talked about that yesterday. So it says, some men brought to him a paralyzed man laying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. So in the Jewish culture at the time frame, there was a connection between sin and sickness. They saw it as basically the same thing. But here what we see is that Jesus does delineate between the two. And we learn that more and more as we go on to the Gospels. Now, that doesn't mean that they aren't ever related. Sometimes they are. Sometimes we have a very direct connection between our sin and the consequence of our sin as being some sort of sickness or disease or illness. Sometimes, certainly, that happens. But we also live in a fallen world that has sin and death and a very real enemy that has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And the fallen world that we live in because of original sin 
the the bottom line is the heart of humanity's problem is sin. It's just not necessarily connected in the sense that an individual's sickness is caused by his own sinfulness. Now, sometimes they are connected, but not always. I think that's important to mention. And so Jesus healing this man confirms his authority. And we're starting to see this ushering in of the kingdom, which ultimately, eventually Jesus is going to deal with the sin problem and the sickness problem permanently. The other thing I want to point out is this topic of faith. So one of the things that Matthew does throughout his gospel is highlight the theme of faith. And he's looking it through the lens of faith of different groups of people. So initially, you might think that the religious leaders of the time would be the ones that would have the most faith. But what we learn in this book of Matthew is, no, that's the exact opposite. They are the ones who lacked faith entirely. And I just think how sad is that, that they have dedicated their whole lives to religion, but they're the ones that have the least amount of faith. And then the disciples. I think in general, our expectation tends to be that the disciples are going to have the most faith especially initially, but actually Matthew talks a lot about how they have little faith. He says, ye have little faith a lot. And so they operate in fear and doubt and this lack of trust in the power of Jesus. Now they get there eventually, but initially they're really lacking faith. Instead, what we see is the amount of faith that comes from just normal people. The characters who are modeling faith, the kind of faith that moves Jesus is the normal people that are coming to him with this expectation of healing. They're coming and seeking healing from Jesus. And he says that that's an amazing kind of faith. The centurion, in fact, he said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. That includes the disciples. And so it's interesting to me to note that it was the faith of these friends that brought this man to Jesus. It was their faith that motivated Jesus to heal that man. And we recognize that faith takes action. I'm reminded of a time where I was working in Kenya. I was in a very remote area off of the coast of Lake Victoria. And we went down to the lake to just visit with some of the people down there. Now, you may have heard this story before. And if you have, uh, pretend you have it or just be refreshed and encouraged. But because I've told on the podcast before, but, but there was a little boy that was living in this boat. And in that culture, they had this expectation that if you had any kind of sickness or illness or deformity or special need, there was a connection between that and some sort of cursing. And it's a shame culture. And so for them, the shame of having that child in the home would have been worse than expelling that child from the home altogether. And so I remember this this friend of this young boy who comes to us and he says, please pray for my friend. He He needs healing. And he was deaf and he was mute. And he said, you know, I need you to pray for healing for him. And, you know, the long story short is we were able to pray for this boy and he was healed. And if you want to hear more about that, you can listen to a different podcast. But I have to think about the faith of that boy that brought his friend that needed healing. And I have to think about how the faith of these individuals that brought their friend who was paralyzed That is the kind of faith that amazes Jesus. And yes, Jesus is the one who heals. But sometimes those that need healing, they need us to bring them to Jesus. Now, you may say, well, can't they just go on their own? No, sometimes they can't. Sometimes they are paralyzed, whether it is literally they are paralyzed or maybe they're paralyzed with fear or addiction or guilt or shame. And then maybe you ask, well, can't Jesus just go to them? 
Well, the reality is he already has. Sometimes they just don't know it. And so our role as believers is we need to show them. It is our responsibility to take them to Jesus. Our responsibility is not the outcome. The outcome is the responsibility of Jesus. That outcome, whether they get healed this side of heaven or the other side of heaven, that's between Jesus and them. Your responsibility is to get those that are paralyzed within the body of Christ to the one that can heal him. We see Jesus talk about the power of faith and power of faith in him as the key to accomplishing his plan. So the disciples we learn over time, by the end of this whole thing, they will get there. But what we see is that there's a process for most of them to get to a place of spiritual maturity. And I think that's encouraging for us because for some people, it's almost instant. They hear about Jesus and they just have faith immediately. It's it's really, it's a spiritual gift. But for most people or the majority of people, think of your own walk of faith. It's not necessarily instant. It takes time. It takes time and being in close proximity to Jesus. It takes relationship. And so don't beat yourself up if you're not there. You're in good good company. The disciples were in the same place. But just recognize that the faith of ordinary people not only motivates Jesus to move, but empowers us to accomplish his plan. In verse three, it says, at this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. So if you're like me, and maybe you don't use the word blasphemy in your everyday life, blasphemy is the act of a human being insulting the honor of God. And so that includes things like the misuse of God's name, which in that culture, in that time frame, the punishment of that would have been death by stoning. And so these teachers of the law are charging Jesus with blasphemy because they think he's dishonoring God by saying that he is the one to forgive this man's sins, because that is something that only God can do. And now we know that Jesus is fully God and fully man. That charge of blasphemy couldn't stick because he didn't use the name of God, because he is God. He was God. He's fully man. He's fully God. Verse four says, knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk. Well, in chapter eight, we learned about how Jesus had healed the sick. We learned about how he had power over nature when he calmed the storm. We know that he had power over evil when he cast out demons. Now Matthew is revealing that Jesus even has the power to forgive sins. It's kind of usual to see Jesus healing often, but this is the first time we see it mentioned that he forgives sins. It's basically saying he is God. This is the first time that happens. And so I want to point out verse six and seven, a couple of additional things that I think are helpful for us. It says, starting verse six, but I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. You know, I guess if we were thinking about this in just the very basic of terms, if you would have said to me, which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven or get up and walk? Well, of course, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven because it's not easy to prove that. It's a lot easier to disprove the whole get up and walk thing because if the guy doesn't get up and walk, then clearly that didn't happen. And so that's what Jesus is saying at this whole point. It is easier to say your sins are forgiven than get up and walk, but he's doing both. 
He's doing both here. And so he's demonstrating his authority to not just heal, of course, to heal, but to forgive sins. Verse 8 reveals for us that the religious leaders of the time really, truly did think that Jesus had crossed a line of authority. But it was the everyday people. It was everybody that witnessed that, that, that crowd that was there. They recognized this healing, this attribute of healing is part of an action of God as he also is forgiving sins. And now they finally start to recognize Jesus truly is God. The burden of Matthew's heart is to prove to his Jewish audience that Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus is God. And so we're going to reread with that insight. Hopefully that's helpful. It says, Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought to him a paralyzed man lying on a mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, This fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, Why do you entertain evil thoughts in your hearts? Which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, To get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat and go home. Then the man got up and went home. When the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe and they praised God who had given such authority to man. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the way that you reveal yourself to us through the word, God, and the power and the presence that's there within it. God, I thank you for this example of faith, that it isn't the religious leaders that have all the faith, and it isn't even necessarily the disciples having faith yet, but it's the normal everyday people, and that that kind of faith is the kind of faith that can move you, that can empower us to do your will on earth, Lord God. I pray for my friends today that they would recognize that their faith is just a a catalyst to see you move in their lives. Lord, we thank you for the way that faith operates in our lives. Lord, help us not to pervert it. Help us not to equate a lack of faith with a lack of healing. But God, instead, help us to recognize that the heart of our problem is sin and that one day you will reconcile that. God, we thank you for what you have done. We thank you for what you are currently doing. And we thank you that you are going to continue to work on our behalf in the future. God, we thank you and praise you in all things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, friends, we'll talk tomorrow. Hey, friends, as we lean into a new month and we continue to learn and grow together, there's a couple resources I want to make sure you know about so you can take advantage of. The first is our Patreon page, and the link for that is in the show notes. And on the Patreon page, we have a couple things. We have a dedicated space that is for discussion, for asking questions. You get easy access to me where we talk about things, we hold each other accountable. There are resources that go with the show, like a journaling prompt worksheet download for every single adult show. We also have family discussion guides. And what's really been neat about those is that on the kids show every day, I talk about the same content that's on the adult show, just taught in a way that kids can understand. Then the family discussion guides create an environment for you to process that information with your children. You can use that at the dinner table or even as part of your devotional routine. There's some suggested prayer and activities and things to help you connect that content to the appropriate age for your children. So all of that is on the Patreon. Also, there's some prophetic words, extra videos, transcripts, all those kinds of things. The second is on our website. If you go to shehears.org, there's a shop resources page that has my Bible studies that I've written, links to different journaling Bibles, note-taking Bibles, all sorts of resources to help you grow. 
And then also on our website, we have the coaching section. If you are finding that you need some spiritual direction or life coaching, that is available for you as well. And that's really good to help you process what you're learning. If you're feeling stuck, if you need to work through something, if something just isn't sitting right, or if you want to teach this content and you need to help develop a plan, I'm available to help you do that as well. Again, all of these are resources to help you grow in your spiritual life and hear God's voice more clearly. I want to take just a second to thank the team at Life Audio for their partnership with us on the podcast. If you go to lifeaudio.com, you will find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Hey friends, if this podcast helped encourage, empower, or equip you in your walk with God, I would love it if you would head over to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review. That's the number one way you can support my show. You can also join our free Facebook community or Instagram page where I share inspirational tips, bonus content, resources, and prayer throughout the week. Hey, I want you to know I'm praying for you. Know that you are so loved. Keep going.